Sedan and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Obviously a unprecedented day in the world of sports. And LZ and I will be here for you. We will have Keyshawn join us here in just a moment. We will talk to him about everything that's transpired. He was literally on the air, LZ. NFL Live was on the air on ESPN as this all came down, and they had to pivot to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks sitting out at this particular situation. Um, so, look, here's what we know. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, decided to boycott today's game because of the situation that's transpired in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And they have taken on, and my understanding is that they have still, uh, they are still residing at the moment in the locker room, trying to reach the Attorney General of Wisconsin to discuss this. There was an assistant coach that came in with a whiteboard uh, to discuss their plan of how to deal with this current situation and how to how to have a plan on how to deal with the folks in Wisconsin, the political folks, and all the the government officials and things of that nature. And it has set off a chain of events where the rest of the NBA games have been canceled, baseball games have been canceled, and the world of sports is slowly coming to a halt here, LZ. But what are your thoughts overall on everything that's transpired today? Um, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm still devastated by what I witnessed from Sunday. And a lot of people still are. I've been in communications with people in various forms of media, famous to assistant producers. And I haven't spoken to a single person of color who's moved past the shooting first. So we haven't even gotten to the point in which we can talk about what that 17-year-old kid was allowed to do last night and killing two people and injuring a third. We're still looking at the fact that this man was gunned down in close range, by the grace of God is still alive, but now has three traumatized little boys that have to navigate through life after witnessing their father being shot in the vehicle with them. So if I, if I, if I can get past that, and then if I can get past you know, this kid that drives over 30 miles or so and start shooting, this white kid just start shooting at black people in the streets on his own because he thought it was a good idea. I'm Then I got to get there. Then I can get to the, the, to the boycott and to the protests that are happening that we talked about yesterday, George, and that I was supporting and advocating for it because I felt strongly that the throwing down of warm-up jackets and sweatpants that the Clippers did during the Donald Sterling situation was weak as hell. This, this chapter is strength. What happened before to me was weak, but this conversation, where we are right now, is strength. But those are my steps, George and listeners, I'm still processing the shooting because I refuse to blow by it just because it happens a lot. I need to internalize it and feel it. And then I'm going to focus in on the young man that came over and shot people. And then I'll talk about whether or not they should start playing basketball or baseball again. That's where we need to be in terms of empathy. 
We need as a nation to feel some damn pain about this and not just process it quickly so we can get back to business as usual. We need to feel this because somebody's daddy got shot seven times in the back getting in the car. That's not normal. That's not what this country was supposed to be built, to, built on. You got to feel that, hurt like that. Because if you can hurt, then you have the power to do something. But if you just graze over it, it's very easy for you to just dismiss it until the next one shows up. And we're tired of the next one. I know you're tired of it, George. I know listeners are tired on CNN, on CNN or MSNBC or Fox. I'm tired of covering them. We're tired, man. We're tired. Yeah, I uh, I understand, LZ. Uh, I could not feel um, any worse for you right now as a black person, as someone who is your friend. Um, and speaking of friends, uh, Keyshawn joins us now. Of course, you can catch the new show each and every morning here. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He is joining us from New York. Key, you were on the air when all this was transpiring uh, today, and I know you you heard what LZ was just saying, and he's not there to even talk about the sports aspect of it, but you were directly involved. Uh, as you were doing NFL Live, the Bucks sat out. Um, what was going through your mind as not only an analyst, but someone who's played professional sports and as a black man? You know, I felt like, George and LZ, that this was going to happen. I just didn't realize it was going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. I thought it was going to be the Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics. But once we, because we already, you know, we have, obviously we have people inside the bubble that work for us at ESPN. And we, 30 minutes prior to our show, we knew something was coming down. So we were preparing to be able to move to the jump and Rachel just in case something went down. And so at that moment, I started saying to myself, uh-oh, you know what? They're getting ready to cancel. Because it, it, it started making sense. When you start putting everything together and connecting the dots, it started making sense. And, and then the first thing I said was good. I'm proud of the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm proud of the ownership. I'm proud that they're sending a message because right now it's getting ready to trickle down to other teams, OKC, Houston, Lakers, Portland, whoever else plays tomorrow, and then eventually – Major League Baseball and the NFL will start to feel it and look at it and say, you know what, I can't watch other leagues postpone and boycott and we're out there playing football and we're out there playing basketball. So I, I can see where it's getting ready to have a trickle-down effect. You know, the crazy thing, Key, was that today – marks the four-year anniversary of Kaepernick beginning his protesting. And I can't help but wonder where the country would be right now if Roger Goodell, who has since said he made a mistake, but if four years ago, if Roger Goodell had instead of siding on the side of the detractors and the contrarians, instead sat down with that young man and had a real heart-to-heart -heart conversation and not just hear him, but listen, what the resources of the NFL could have done, would that have made a difference? Do you believe if four years ago when Kaepernick began his protesting that we would still be having these discussions that we're having today? I do. 
I do. And he's the reason why, LZ. As is, is, is much as we get on the police back, it ain't just the police, dog. You know that. You just yeah. mentioned a little white dude deciding he's just going to take take law and order into his own hands and act like a police officer. He's just going to go wild, fuck wild. So we still would be having conversations about killing black people and brown people in the streets like dogs and animals just because they think they can they can get away with it. You know, what happened to Aubrey in Georgia wasn't active police officers. Those at that point in time was just normal civilians that was in law enforcement at once upon a time. They wasn't active police officers. They just felt like, I can get away with this, so I'm going to do it. You know, the gentleman, the, 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 the uh, black kid that almost got hung by a tree a couple weeks ago, but people stepped in. They wasn't police officers. So it's bigger than just the police. It's way bigger than the police. People just feel like they can just do things and get away because they've gotten away with it for so long. Trayvon Martin situation. He wasn't a police officer. He just wanted to feel he wanted to kill a black dude. So he make up made up excuse. Like I told him on my show the other day, you know, I walk my dogs at four and four, you know, three thirty, four in the morning. I feel like, you know, I got to look over my shoulder because I don't know if somebody go attack me and claim that I tried to break in their car. That happened to not be the police or call the police and say they've seen a strange big black man looking like he's looking in the cars or apartments or something. It's crazy. But I'm glad that the Bucks did it. I'm glad that they're sending a real message. This ain't the regular season. This is the postseason. It's a lot on the line. I'm glad that they're putting their money where their mouth is. I, I just, you know, I couldn't be prouder as, as a sports guy to see them taking a stand. You know, this whole notion of stick to sports. Oh, man, shut up. The hell up. Shut the hell up. Cowards. A bunch of cowards. Keith, you have played professional sports. You you still deal with a lot of uh, of, of people that are uh, very much at the highest levels, whether it's team owners, uh, corporations like shoe companies and things like that. You you deal with a lot of these people on a regular basis and talk to them on a regular basis. Do you believe that this will influence change amongst that group of people? which can wield the power at the local, state, and federal level to help enact the change that's necessary uh, with this protest and these boycotts from these athletes? Well, absolutely. You already can see it, whether it's Federal Express, whether it's Nike, whether it's Adidas. You already can see it because they have aligned themselves with the athletes, so they can't talk out of both sides of their mouth anymore. In the past, they could. In the past, they eh, we're going to donate 500,000 and build a facility in the neighborhood and we're going to keep it moving. They can't do that anymore. They just can't do it. Whatever that, whatever their self-conscious is or their conscious is at that time, that's over with now. 
You know, it's no more. It's no more. Oh, we'll just we'll donate some money to a foundation and they'll be okay. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that anymore because athletes have empowered themselves and they know now what the owners and business people what affects them when their bottom line starts getting affected they start waking up they start you know yeah they start moving around all of a sudden it's a lot of active movement going on now you know people say something it's like oh well we'll get past it but as soon as players start pushing back them ceos and the presidents of them companies they say, no, well, no, we're going to do the right thing. Because a lot of times the, the the people at the top, top, top delegate to other people that may not be telling them everything, depending on who you are and how rich you are and how involved you want to be. But, Key, you do know that some of these owners, you know, particularly in the NFL, they do know who they're hosting dinners for. They do know who they're hosting a $100,000 plate for. They do know what some of these politicians have said, what the policies have done. Those are yeah, some I, of the individuals. I, I, absolutely. Absolutely, LZ. Have some of, done. Some of, some of those dudes. Realize, now well, they've that they're always going realized. To realize that the, no, I'm saying now that they're going to realize that the players ain't messing around and it's going to hurt their bottom line. They're going to change their the views and their policies so that their bottom lines don't get hurt. I can promise you that. Well, I hope so. Because Think about it. Right, Think right, about now, it so. right, right now, we still have so many, and you know this, we still have so many billionaires in sports who feel as if they can still play both sides and not recognizing or honoring or being willfully ignorant to the fact that when it comes to the issues that are pressing people right now in the streets, and Black Lives Matter and, and the NBA and baseball, these aren't issues you can play both sides. You can't play both sides on these issues. Either you're for life or you're for death. That's it. And I think and I think that that changes. It's all fresh right now, right? It's 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 everything is still fresh. We seven we seven months or so, you know, six seven months, and really honestly dealing with it. Yeah, we've talked about it. We've messed around with it. We've flirted with it in the past. But it's about six months of really, really dissecting it and diving in and looking at it. A lot of the decisions that they made was made several months ago. You know, a while back, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Now, if you notice, you know, some of these corporations like George was talking about, they wasn't doing nothing four years ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't, see, you know, they weren't putting out big giant campaigns and none of that. But now they are, because they see the seriousness in what's happening in how athletes and entertainers and people in general are reacting to it. So now they want to get in line from a positive standpoint. And you're always going to have a handful of people that really don't care and feel they can just do things that they want to do when they want to do it. Whether it's a a Daniel Schneider, whether it's a tech guy somewhere up in Silicon Valley who accidentally says something derogatory or whatever the case is, 
because they just feel they they invincible and nobody can touch them. So they're going to keep on pushing the limits. But then there's people that have maybe played both sides and now have changed their tune because they realize, yeah, that's probably not a good idea anymore because they're not going for it like they used to. They have now found us out. So we got to get real. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Key, let me ask you this. The players are going to meet today at 8 Eastern, and they're going to meet in the bubble. If you were part of that group, if you were Chris Paul, if you were LeBron, if you were one of these guys, right, what would you be saying to your constituency there? I, I want to know what it is that uh, – I would try to figure out what it is that we need to get done. Like how, how – what, what is it that we need to get done? Because if we're trying to do something, how fast, what's the fast track? How fast is it? Because there's always going to be some pushback, George, right? We want to put some laws in. We want some of this. The moment that we try to move that, then the other side is going to say, oh, hold on. They're going to hold it up. Legislation, laws, bills, local government, federal government. They're going to hold it up. Well, it's got to go through Congress. got to go through – so – what are we doing? Is it a day? Is it six months? When is it going to happen? Because just giving me money to make me go away for a few months because you decide you're going to donate some more money, a couple hundred more million and all, that's cool, but that ain't what we're looking for because you've already displayed that to us. Now we need to put some laws in place, an eye for an eye. We need to do stuff like that, in my opinion, when we're talking about police, reckless behavior. You know, if you, for instance, if you are proven guilty on an attempted murder or murder or whatever, they they should be able to throw away the key. If you just like treat you just like you a normal human being, citizen that walks the streets every single day. See, the three years, oh, we're going to count it down. We're going we're gonna to give you manslaughter and third degree murder. No, 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 no. We ain't going to give you nothing but what it says, which is throwing away the key, just like you would do us. Let's start treating it that way. Let's see, how, let's see if it slows down then. But when you start putting those laws in, people going to say it's you know, my right for this and my right for that, and it's against the Constitution. You're going to get all of that. So what is the time frame here, Elsie? Now that we've done this, what's the next steps? Well, I, I think, you know, there's, a, there's an immediate goal, right? And then there's the intermediate, and then there's a long-term plan. You know, to me, it's three-tier. There's been a huge push to address some of the improprieties that's been going on 
in our election. Whether you're talking about voter suppression, you know, remember Milwaukee was like ground zero in which they had decided to like eliminate a vast majority of the polling stations for black voters in Milwaukee, targeting black voters by suppressing the vote. And LeBron James and others have, you know, used their resources to try to make sure that there are additional voting places so that people who choose to vote in public or in person can do that without having to stand in line three, four, five hours because still a lot of employers aren't giving workers the day off in order to do that, right? So either you got to take a vacation day or you can only stay for so long and you got to get back to work or you might lose your job. So that's one issue that the players are working on. The other issue, of course, is dealing with the postal service and mail-in ballots. And we've seen that play out uh, across all sorts of news outlets. The players are addressing that. But then once you get past the election, regardless of who the president happens to be, regardless of what happens to the makeup of Congress, then you have the conversation about state and local politics. You know, the gerrymandering, the redlining. You know, the New York Times had a story out talking about how appraisals are being, you know, lowered for minority owners versus their white counterparts. And not by like a few hundred dollars, even a few thousand dollars, by tens of thousands of dollars. That's impacting generational wealth. So there are so many different tiers of conversations. And, you know, I, and I'm told that the players are thinking about having a symposium of some sort of town hall meeting that may be broadcast today. I don't know how true that's going to be, but that's some of the things that I've received from the bubbles that that too is part of the discussion. But to me, it's about identifying the immediate things you can, you can impact and then making long-term plans because as the great John Lewis has always taught us was that this road that we're on is long, man. And like you used to tell me, Key, all the time, football ain't for everybody. You know, th this long road ain't for everybody. Well, but the end result is for everybody. To your point, LZ, and Key, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. You know, we as a society, right, and I think that, you know, we've talked about this. You guys were talking about this in real time as all this stuff was transpiring uh, initially with George Floyd that the difference here, you know, not only are the corporations that you mentioned key, but as we've talked about, right, like white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, you know, people from the Middle East, right, people from all sorts of backgrounds supporting um, black people, right? And I think that that's what made this different. But I also think to LZ's point is that this has been going on for five months. And let's not forget, it took Martin Luther King, and the civil rights leaders of that time, you know, nine years of protests to get the Civil Rights Act passed. Like, this is not a fight for just today. And, and I think, Key, that there needs to be a sense of understanding that things will not happen overnight, that there needs to be a consistent pressure in this situation from athletes and everyone, for that matter. It, absolutely, and that's why I'm saying, so you make a decision that, we're going to boycott and we're going to stop. But what's the next steps? We got to have a plan in place because if we are doing this, what are we getting out of it? Because clearly they're going to try to go back and play basketball, but how soon? Or go back and play baseball. How soon? If football stalls, go back. How soon? 
Are we, are we going to rely on broken promises? Are we going to rely on that? Are we going to trust the fact that you're going to follow through with what you say? Well, certainly it appears as if, you know, not just the top tier, but all tiers of the league um, are very focused, at least in the NBA, in terms of making sure they see this thing through. And that's because of the leadership of first David Stern and now Adam Silver. And it appears as if Roger Goodell maybe is tired of being a punchline in this space and is starting to speak up a little more assertively. We haven't heard a great deal from any of the owners still, but at least the commissioner key and, and George appears to be willing to be more vocal in terms of what we're dealing with. And we know the league has hired an SVP of, diversion and inclu- of uh, diversity and inclusion, and we'll see what's on his platform, on his agenda, and how he's planning on utilizing the resources. But it certainly looks as if some of the leagues are beginning to recognize from a leadership perspective that they need to do more than just put BLM on the pitcher's mound on the first day of opening day for baseball. That, that more is required to actually move the needle. We're past the stage of raising awareness. We all know what the F is going on now. Now it's about fixing it, addressing it, stopping it. You know, that's the reason why, you know, and I, I keep going back to this because I don't want to make it seem as if I, I don't care what Aaron Rodgers has to say or Tom Brady. It's just, I don't need any more flowery statements about systemic racism and then you're ready to play football. You know, saying systemic racism has become the new we need to love everybody. I need you to start identifying some real issues and saying this is a this right here needs to change. Not the whole, you know, we just need to love each other. We need to come together as one. That's general fluff BS. That's early 1985. We are the world kind of mess. I need you at this stage now to start talking about, to your point, Keith, the plan. How do we get there? And hopefully in this symposium that they're having in this meeting that they're having in the bubble, some real concrete steps can be identified because it's not just about the players and the owners getting involved, but the NBA fans too are also hurting overall what's happening. And an avenue for them to be involved through the leadership of the NBA and the NFL and baseball and hockey would be critical for that. You know, this stuff, man, is, I don't know. I, 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 I sense that things were starting to head to a degree in the right direction, and they still are with the majority of young people. Um, but what happened in in Wisconsin is a major setback. As I said before on our show, LZ, we tend to take one step forward and eight backwards. Then we'll take one more step and then another ten backwards. So every time you think you're headed in the right direction, some buffoonery erupts. But that's the and, ebb, that's the ebb and flow, brother. You know this. And I mean, the people 
empower, like we're talking about, the CEOs, the presidents, the, the, the owners of teams, the deep pocket guys, they see it, and it's about time that they start doing something about it. You know, we're, we're good enough to sit on a picture on your mantle where you could tell people, oh, that's my friend, or he played for me, or we did a deal with him. It's good to see me at a restaurant and walk up to me and shake my hand and say, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a long time. But that's not good enough anymore. It's time for them to start really doing something. Really, truly is. And not just with money. Because everybody thinks when you give them, giving an organization money that you really are doing something. You know, and, and to me, use your power that you have and your influence with the people that you surround yourself with that have the power to make change. Give them, see, the old, the old way of doing things, LZ and, and Sedano, is write a check, oh, it'll go away. It's just quiet. Let's just, get, let's just give them some money. It's, it's fine. That's no more. Because the athlete values themselves more than just money. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn with us here, of course. Make sure you check out the morning show, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. And I would imagine that there will be a lot of discussion about this tomorrow morning on the show as well. Um, I, I feel like, Key, though, at this point, just to – Add on to that, right? Like, if you're the NBA, if you're Adam Silver, if you're the 30 owners in this particular sport, um, there are no more half measures here, right? Um, I think that at this point, you have the attention, you have the platform. You have to kind of finish this out. You have to see this through until you can enact some change. Like, you know, the Bucks are actually right now, as we are all speaking, are, are, are putting out a... Um, a message right now, George Hill is speaking to the media outside their locker room, and the reports were that they were dealing directly with the attorney general of the state of Wisconsin uh, about this particular group of officers. And I think if you're the NBA, you know, to LZ's point to start this, right? Like, you know, he said, I'm not there yet about talking about the resumption. Well, I think that the NBA needs to take a similar attitude with that as well. Is that fair? No, it's, it's, it's very fair. It's very fair. But what I want people to realize and understand, too, is everything has got to be done correctly. Because what, what we don't need is pressure applied to the attorney general, to the DA's office, to all of a sudden they go and they arrest this dude. And this dude's lawyers say that, you know, it was pressure being put on, you know, to come up with something to get this, these officers off. Because 
they're going to have lawyers. They're going to have lawyers, and their lawyers are going to fight for them. So it's got to be done the right way. It's got to be done the right way. Key, we actually have the George Hill sound. It's uh, about 90 seconds to two minutes. Let's uh, let's play because I'd love to the three of us just to have uh, a discussion about what George Hill's statement was in, on behalf of the Milwaukee Bucks as they sat in their locker room for more than three hours, uh, you know, actually four hours, uh, contemplating on what their plan was going to be. Here is the statement from George Hill and the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, um, as you can see, we all thank you guys for taking time to stay here with us. Uh, we're sorry that it took a little bit more time, but we thought it would be best for us as a team to brainstorm a little bit, educate ourselves. Uh, I'm not rushing to have the wrong emotion, giving you guys things like that. So uh, on behalf of ourselves and our team, we are going to place a statement as a team today and go back and continue to educate ourselves and get better awareness of what's going on and then you know, speak to you guys later. So we're going to come up with a statement now. Our team statement, uh, the past four months have shed a light on the ongoing racial injustices facing our African-American community. Citizens around the country have used their voices and platforms to speak out against these wrongdoings. Over the last few days in our home state of Wisconsin, we've seen the horrendous video of Jacob Blake being shot in the back seven times by a police officer in Kenosha and the additional shooting of protesters. Despite the overwhelming plea for change, there has been no action. So our focus today cannot be on basketball. When we take the court and represent Milwaukee and Wisconsin, we are expected to play at a high level, give maximum effort and hold each other accountable. We hold ourselves to that standard. And in this moment, we are demanding the same from lawmakers and law enforcement. We are calling for justice for Jacob Blake and demand the officers be held accountable. For this to occur, it is imperative for the Wisconsin State Legislator to reconvene after months of inaction and take up meaningful measures to address issues of police accountability, brutality, and criminal justice reform. We encourage all citizens to educate themselves, take peaceful and responsible action, and remember to vote on November 3rd on behalf of the Milwaukee Bucks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, D, what did you make of George Hill and the Bucks statement there? And Sterling Brown. Oh, that was good. I mean, statement is true. It's fact. Most importantly, and all of that to me in the end was make sure to vote. Because that is going to make a lot of changes. When you vote and you get out there and you vote, things will change. But if you don't, you're not helping the situation. The key is 100% correct. And just just to my point, I just wanted to make sure I was clear with the listeners about what specifically I was talking about as it comes as it comes to voter suppression in Milwaukee specifically. There were 182 polling places. And the legislator reduced it down to 5. You had 182 polling places and all but five were closed that wasn't an accident people that was systematically done to try to suppress the vote particularly the vote of african americans and i can go state by state by state to show you examples whether it's what happened in georgia where the man who was running against Stacey Abrams 
was also the uh, the person in charge of the polling. What? So in other words, he's the state secretary of state. He decides he's running for governor and he changes laws as secretary of state that suppress the vote and he ends up squeaking by and beating Stacey. Those are the things we're talking about. That's Milwaukee, that's Atlanta. I can go state by state by state and show you where African-Americans are concentrated attempts to take away or suppress our vote. These are some of the issues that the players are talking about. This is why LeBron James helped spearhead an organization to address these issues. This is why the Dodgers are opening up the stadium to allow for, for that to be an existing polling place. It's something that I've been advocating for for a number of months now, and you're starting to see more and more traction of other teams saying we're going to use our stadiums for this capacity because there's an active move to suppress the vote. So as Key says, voting is really important to help changing some of these laws. But trust, there are people working to make sure that you can't vote. And that's part of the issues that the players are talking about. Key, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. Uh, I know it's late over there. you got to get up early. Uh, hopefully next time we talk to you, it'll be uh, on, a more, in a, on a more jovial note and we can uh, have some fun with you. Damn, George, I'm, I don't go to bed at 8 o'clock. <laughs> well, I thought I heard. I thought I heard you stirring the Jello before you put it in the refrigerator so it can chill. I mean, that Key, I'm just. I'm trying to. I'm watching out for your sleep, man. You know what I'm saying? No, like, no. I'm, I'm trying to take care of you. No, I, I, uh, I will be going to bed early tonight because it's been, you know, it's it's one of those deals, man. On top of you know, you've done shows, we do all this stuff. Four hours of working, waking up. You know, it's a. 12-hour day for me because of television, the back and forward to Bristol, Connecticut, but the stress that has been put up on my shoulders because I got to deal with all this. You know, you, you it's heavy, man. It's so heavy. Yeah. You, you're already dealing with having to talk about sports and do all the things that you love, but then on top of that, you now have to deal with the stress that's being placed on you by society and the things that you have to deal with in, in daily in your community and look out for your people and look out for others and make sure you send the right message. And that's a lot of weight. No question. No question about it. Uh, all right, man, we'll get some rest and uh, we will catch up with you soon. Okay. All right, Stay bro. up, bro. All right. Be okay. good. There he is. There's Keyshawn. All right, you and ILZ will take a quick break here. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. We've got some news on what's going to happen with the Dodgers. Stick around. We'll have that in about four and a half minutes. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Thanks to Keyshawn for joining us there. Again, catch Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin each and every morning, 5 to 9 here on the station. Um, thanks to him for joining us. If you missed it, you could, of course, subscribe to our podcast, Sedano and LZ on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, Google, if you use Android, and uh, listen back to the interview there. It was powerful stuff, great stuff, a great conversation, I think, considering everything that's transpiring in and out of the world of sports. It's all intertwined at the moment. But, LZ, what people need to know in our What You Need to Know segment, the latest situation uh, that has arisen is that the Dodgers and Giants have postponed their game tonight in light of the nationwide 
boycotts. Not a surprise as Gabe Kapler of the Giants came out very early in the proceedings today and mentioned that he was in favor of it. And we all know Dave Roberts uh, very well around here. Again, not a surprise that Dave would feel the same way. No, no, not a surprise at all. Um, you know, I've gotten to know Dave fairly well over the years. And, you know, we have chats on and off here and there. And, you know, his he's acutely aware of his place in Dodgers history, his place in baseball history, and his place in the history of this country as a black man. And we talk about those three prongs all the time. And he's always insightful and always spot on. And then, of course, Gabe Kapler, um, I've been very impressed with him spearheading. Remember, he took a knee yeah. opening night mm-hmm. um, with the with the Giants against the Dodgers, and Mookie Betts was the only Dodger on the field who did take a knee. So there were actually more Giants taking a knee on opening night than actual Dodgers, and that's because of the leadership of Gabe Kapler. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, that's what you need to know. Those are the that's the latest in the situation at the moment. Obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, spearheaded a boycott today. Uh, LeBron James has, uh, you know, basically he went to Twitter earlier today and was fed up. He even cursed, which is very rare. Like, I, you know, uh, LeBron does uh, a lot on social media, but cursing is not usually part of it. But, LZ, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations over the years on and off the air about just life, right? And I think that, you know, the stuff that's happening right now not just in sports, because it's all related from a sports perspective because it's a reflection of what's happening in the, in the country, right? And I felt last night, LZ, after I watched Doc Rivers' impassioned plea, right, and get emotional, and I saw that live on television, and I said to myself, you know, we're lucky to have Doc Rivers in the NBA and in sports and just people like that who really can just – emote and express himself in a way where I feel like unless you just don't have a heart right like you can't at least try to empathize but boy was I wrong because I tweeted that and you know look social media is also probably not the place to have a nuanced discussion in general but (laughs) I would say that I even even I was somewhat surprised at the way people were acting in responding with either inaccurate or out of context information, dismissing the name calling. Like, look, I get that social media is a cesspool of negativity. Like, I get that. But there's a difference between being negative and being a phallic symbol, if you get my drift. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. And, you know, I I meant when I said in terms of what my – very first editor-in-chief told me 20-plus years ago about, you know, the people who write letters to the editor and blah, blah, blah. And and Twitter is even faster. Like, you don't even need a stamp. You don't need to actually write. <laughs> right, right, right. That is a, that's and a just, good point. You don't need to and, snail and just, mail it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, exactly. So you can imagine, you know, sometimes the caliber of comments you can get. But one of the things that I have recognized um, over the years of covering subjects like this George, is that, you know, far too often black and brown bodies are immediately put on trial while their bodies are still lying in the street. What did he do? What did she say? Why didn't they just comply? And people appear to be missing the fundamental 
issue with that approach in that police officers aren't supposed to be judge and jury and executioner. Mm -hmm. That unless an officer's life is truly at risk, they aren't supposed to be handling the justice. They're supposed to be making sure that people are brought to justice. Correct. There's a difference there. Yeah. And I and I recognize that a lot of people want to go through and tell me all the things that Michael Brown did wrong. And they want to tell you that Trayvon Martin was kicked out of school. And they want to tell you, you know, all the things that may or may not be true of George Floyd or even, you know, Jacob Blake. No one is holding up any of these individuals as flawless individuals or even innocent individuals. The point of the conversation is the officers aren't empowered to take their lives. That's the point of this. It's not whether or not these people are decent human beings or good people. That's for a judge and jury to decide through our judicial system. The issue is that these officers are deciding for themselves whether or not this person deserves to live. That's what we're fighting against. That's the issue, George. And so these people who are tweeting or posting on you know, Instagram or whatever about, you know, oh, well, this person did this or he was guilty of that or why didn't they just comply? I've seen plenty of videos of white people with guns not complying and they seem to come out just fine with their health. They don't seem to get shot up. Correct. Dylan Hood got freaking Burger King after killing nine people. So don't tell me you can't bring someone in who's a criminal and let them go through the judicial system. Yeah, you're 100% right, LZ. And, and again, I, I've seen all that, right? The, the, the logic of, well, he was resisting arrest. He had a warrant for his arrest, concealed weapons license. But again, to your point, it is the escalation of the situation, right? And you have a situation where videos are now capturing things that have been happening for a very long time where instead of de-escalating a situation or just handling a situation uh, with the same tone and tenor and fashion that they would handle it with another group of people, it goes from zero to 100 very quickly. And I think that the reality is resisting arrest, a warrant for your arrest, concealed weapons license, whatever you want to, whatever, you know, logic you want to try to apply to this um isn't it shouldn't be a death sentence to your point and i think that that's that's what this is really about and i think that that stuff just gets like you're you're talking to me about the issues the house is having with the curtains and the end table when we're trying to explain to you that the foundation of the house is the problem you you know what i mean exactly and i I think that 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 really is at the core of this. And speaking of the core, it is just, and I've said this before, I said this during the George Floyd situation as well when I was on in middays after you guys when you were doing mornings, and it's just sad to me that there is just a, a, a lack of empathy you know, in our country right now and that no one can just take a breath and listen and try to understand why other people who are Americans and humans 
we're all that. And understand why they're hurting. Like, to me, man, listen, at the very core, I don't care what your religion is, LZ, or if you don't even believe in religion, right? We're taught as children, I would assume, in pretty much every household, love thy neighbor, right? And 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 to be decent with people, respectful with people. And I think that all that has gone out the window. And, you know, people can blame the pandemic all they want, but to me, that's not an excuse to lose your core values, you know? No, it's not an excuse to lose your core values. But this was, this virus was attacking us long before coronavirus was around. This virus came with us on the ships and we planted it in the ground and we watered it and we nurtured it, and now we're surprised to see that it hasn't gone away? Well, we've done nothing to uproot it. We've done nothing to kill it. We've done nothing to make it go away. Instead, we like to turn our heads because we don't want to have these uncomfortable conversations. And so we have to do things like say, you know, maybe the greatest generation wasn't that great. Somebody came up with the Jim Crow, law, the Jim Crow laws. Someone reinforced the Jim Crow laws. Which generation was that? Let's be real for a second here. That doesn't mean that you can't honor and respect the positive contributions individuals and generations have made to society, but we got to stop with this whitewashing of our history because we keep repeating it. Right. And this is why sports has stopped again for another virus. But as I said, this virus has been around a lot longer. And I'm happy to see the players utilizing their power and getting involved and in helping to facilitate change. You know, athletes being involved in this capacity has been, has been around for a very long time. We all know that. But this is also about the grassroots leaders, many of whom we may never, ever know their names, but sacrifice their, their time, their energy, their, their lives sometimes to move the needle forward. And now it's our turn. And by our, I don't just mean black and brown people. I mean white people too. You're not an ally. You're not an observer. You don't get to decide when to be involved and when to step out. You're in this with us. You're in this with us. And because you're in there with us, you too have a moral responsibility to help solve this problem that's hurting everybody. I'm in Scottsdale right now, George. And as I was driving earlier today, I was listening to the news report and the city council in Phoenix just approved three or four lawsuits. And you know what? Those lawsuits by and large were because of improprieties done by police officers. So instead of those millions of dollars going towards helpful things for the city of Phoenix and its surrounding area, he has to go to pay for families because we haven't dealt with our racism yet. People are saying, oh, well, you know, that's a one-off or how many one-offs do you need before it's a trend? How many one-off examples do you need before you realize it's a problem? How many examples of officers behaving poorly do we need to present before the good officers that we're always reminded of act 
in a good way and help get those bad individuals out of their force because the profession, the profession is noble, but that doesn't mean everyone who enters the profession is noble. Don't conflate those two. The profession of teaching is noble, but we all know every teacher isn't a noble one. It's not a good one. Well, that applies also to policing. I have friends, I have family who are officers. I do not hate police. In fact, I've been one to go, and if I see an officer getting lunch behind me, I pay for their meal because I am grateful that they are making these sacrifices to help make us better. But I'll be damned if I'm going to be quiet and watch people get shot multiple times in the back and not have something to say. And I will hope the officers who identify as those good officers feel the same way because those actions are reflecting on you. And that's eroding the trust that's so necessary so that everyone can be safe. That's the empathy you're talking about, George. It's about everyone being safe. My mom, my mom had to give my son the talk again yesterday at the dinner table just to remind him what to do and how to talk to police officers because we're all scared all over again. I swear to God, she just gave him the talk yesterday, George. Mm -hmm. This is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's no other way to describe it. You're 100% right. And I know that there's a lot of people wondering about sports, and we're going to tell you what's next in sports because there seems to be a feeling about sports and the resumption of it, particularly when it comes to the NBA. I know a lot of Laker fans may be tuning in and wondering what's happening. There is no game today, obviously. By now, you probably know that the games today have been boycotted and and postponed. Uh, so we will give you what's next, what we know, because there are some things that we do know, and there are some uh, calculated assumptions being made at the moment. But to just punctuate what you said, LZ, because I know, again, a lot of people want to know about sports. Sports is a, re a reward for a functioning society. And let's face it, we're just not functioning as a society right now. So if you're yelling about sports not returning fast enough, but you're not yelling about the injustices going on in our country, then you kind of need to reevaluate some things. So let's take a break. We will be back in just a couple of minutes. We will tell you what we know about uh, what our insiders are reporting about the situation in Orlando and the potential of resuming games. Again, the players right now are meeting in Orlando at the bubble. All of them, all of the players of all the teams are meeting right now and discussing what the plan is, and we will try to relay that information in real time to you, and we will have some of it for you coming up in just a few moments. Stick around.